from the Virtual Summit, the Core presents Skills Training Boot Camp with Robin Lavasser and James Lloyd. Today's topic, Mom, Boss, Wife. Well, uh, first, I just want to say I am beyond honored to do this class with Robin. Um, for anybody who doesn't know Robin, she is absolutely one of the most genuine people on the planet. Um, as far as when it comes to mom, boss, wife, she's got it all going on. But I'll tell you, one of the things that I love most about Robin, who I consider one of my dearest friends, is she's direct and she is not a pushover. And so, right, Austin, I see Austin shaking her head. And that's, that's what a true friend, that's what a great mom, a great boss, and a great wife is. And so, I just have to tell this little story. You don't even know it, Robin. But um, we have a mutual very good friend, and I know she won't mind me telling the story. Her name is Tammy. And uh, Robin and Tammy were on a call together, and uh, Tammy kind of went off on a, Woe is me feeling sorry for myself, little tangent. And uh, not in front of everybody, but after the call, Robin called her up and called her out. And I got to tell you, Tammy was truly, truly grateful for that. And that's just kind of the person that, that Robin is. So when this, uh, when as you guys probably know, we get to, well, we get to pick three classes that uh, that first, second, and third choice. And the minute this came out this time, I saw the mom boss boss wife class, and I texted Robin immediately and pretty much begged her. She probably should have could have said no, like I don't want to teach with you. But I said, Robin, could we please teach this class together? So I am just honored, honored, honored to teach this with you today, Robin. Oh, friend, uh, it's it actually like gives me a little tears in my eyes when you think about. Um, it's so fun. It's so fun to share. This is probably the subject that I'm most passionate about. I love loans. I love team. Um, a lot of things, but I, I think I'm most proud of the work that I've done within myself over the 23 years of really, and I, and I don't have it even nearly all figured out, but just that, you know, becoming really the mother that I wanted to be, the boss that I wanted to be, and the wife that I wanted to be that I didn't know was possible. And Jane, you're somebody that, you know, I think the entire core nation and, and people across the country gain inspiration from. You know, you're you're the mom who is um, steadfast in her faith. You do business. She is the one woman that just kicks the boys' fanny all the time, like the only one. And she doesn't have to say a word. You'd almost forget about her because she's four foot nothing, a little like Polly Pocket. And yet she, like Rick will call off all the boys and then he'll get to Jane and he'll go, what'd you do this month? And she'll like casually, coolly be able to say that she's pretty much number one in income earner. Um, just unbelievable. And so I think that uh, that I admire all of that about you, that you just really are a, a badass. Um, I know we shouldn't cuss, but you're all of those things. But I think more than ever, Jane, when when Hank got sick and, it, it, you know, I, I always knew that you were faith based and loved your loved your boys, loved your team, loved loved your husband. But when Hank got sick, 
and you repeatedly showed up on every core coaching call, the coaching the coaches, you showed up as a coach for your student, you continued to pour into other people almost probably bigger and more passionately than you ever have before, It, I knew that you were somebody that I would always, always look to as as just, again, somebody that I would aspire to be in the business, as a mother, faith, everything that you represent is this class and then some. So I'm just looking forward to teaching alongside you and um, learning, taking some notes. So take us away. So I think both of us should just quickly just give you, for those of us that, that don't know us, a little bit about um, what you need to know of maybe why we're a little bit qualified to teach this class. So uh, I have been in the mortgage business for 29 years. Um, I have a team of 12, I think, right now, including my trainees. I have a, I run a branch, and I have 31 employees. On the uh, personal side, uh, I have two kids. Uh, both of them are grown, but my oldest was only five when I did get in the mortgage business. So I'm going to just... Uh, Ooh, share some uh, some of the major mistakes that I've made. Um, and then probably the thing I'm most proud of, I've been married 39 years uh, this year. Um, and right now, I will tell you, my marriage is stronger than it's ever been. Uh, but there's ups and downs. And uh, it hasn't always been like that. And um, so I... Uh, I just learned so much along the way, and Robin mentioned some of you know what I had gone through. My husband's been battling cancer. But you know what? Rick always says, don't look at the distractions, right? And so if we're prepared in our life with our team, with our kids, with the relationship with our spouse, you know what? We can handle anything. And so first what I, every one of you hopefully did the wheel yesterday. And those of you that have been in, in, in the core, um, have been doing this for years. I've been doing it for 10 years now, right? And we are all broken in some, in some way. We are broken. And never ever do I feel is that wheel the perfect balance. So when we look at the self part, right? So, I feel for me, the way I can be the best mom, the best b- boss, and the best wife is to take care of myself. So I'm just going to share just a couple of things that are non-negotiables for me. Um, and they may sound selfish. Like people always think, how do you have time to do all this? Well, these are non-negotiables for me. I mean, I really take care of myself. I literally, I, get, I have a standing and everything's scheduled. How do we get things done? They're scheduled. I get a 90-minute massage once a week. I get my toes and nails done every other week. I get my hair done once a month. I get my Botox done every three months because that's really important to me. So, But the most important thing that I do for me in order to be the best mom, boss, and wife is my personal quiet time. And it's my morning routine. And every single morning, I have a minimum of 45 minutes, between 45 minutes and an hour, that I journal, gratitude, I'm in scripture, I'm meditating, I'm praying. And after that, I work out. I have to take care of this temple, right? So I work out for at least an hour. So every single morning, I get up 
4.47 is when the clock set. So lately with this time change here, I'm up at 4.30, but um, so that I have two hours before I start my day. So, Robin, um, before I think we could ask what are some things that you guys could change, Robin, what, what, what do you feel are things that are non-negotiables for you? Yeah, really, really good question. So when you – first of all, I love the self-care because I don't know about you guys, but how many of you guys self-care becomes last on the list? Um, I am such a crazy person that I will get up in the morning, I will literally put on my workout gear, and I'll walk out. My husband's a really early riser and a super hard worker, so he's always out of bed, even on the weekends, like by 6 a.m., dressed and ready to go to work outside. Like, he's constantly doing things, which I love because it keeps me, like, let's go. Because if anybody outworks me, it's John. So I... I'll crawl out of bed at yeah, on the weekends, about 6.37 even, and literally I will get in my full workout gear. I'll tell myself I'm going to work out, and I say this from a pain point, you guys, and I'll come into the – and I'll go, oh – I need to start a little laundry. Oh, I need, I need, let me get these dishes done. I, I literally found that I have an illness around this that I think in order to go give myself anything, I have to have everything else perfect. Does anybody like, am I the only person doing that craziness routine that's so unhealthy? So uh, this is a point for you, Jane, that I mean, I could, absolutely learn from. I do get up early. I do have a morning routine that often skips the exercise, um, which is is something that I need to do more of. Um, So I do the reading. I do the um, self-reflection. And often, like, my morning routine still involves taking care and nurturing other people um, and, and ultimately giving to other things for my own sanity. But the truth is I need to discipline myself around the exercise. And I hear you say 90-minute massage once a week. I don't know about you guys. Like, I I still feel like a massage is a treat. So what's interesting is Jane's doing more than me. She makes more money than I do. She probably has more time and more free time than me. And she probably has even a little more joy than me. And I think I'm pretty happy. And I would guarantee you the one difference there between the two of us is absolutely that she pours more into herself so that she can pour more into this world. And I'm not doing a good enough job of that, Jane. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Like, I feel like I give myself some things, but not. I'm not doing a good enough job. I definitely do the hair and the Botox, let's be honest. I mean, these things are getting taken care of, so. <laughs> so I, I think the key for you, Robin, and for any, I, I saw some people concur, concur, concur. And trust me, it wasn't always like this, guys. So, oh, my God. I used to jump out of bed, like, clothes route the night before, race to the, I mean, I, it wasn't always like this. So um, the key is, Robin, it's, it's eliminating the distractions. Right. So I if, if if I allowed myself to look at my phone in the morning, I would go straight to the emails because I think probably every lady on here, we love what we do. Right. I mean, those of you that I see, I mean, I literally could work 24 seven. That's how much I love what I do. So I think eliminating the distractions. I'm going to answer one super quick question that I saw from Jamee 
who is, I can't see you, but I know you're on, um, another just amazing woman. And, and I know you, uh, lost a husband. You raised two boys yourself. I never had to do that. Um, so, you know, you, you're, you, there she is, our beautiful Jamee. And she asked, um, do I hire a trainer? Um, and I think the reason I brought that up, here's the point. Um, I don't have to because working out for me, like, I love it. I need it, and it's more mental. Um, it's also, see, see, Robin doesn't. I got two, um, Monica Jones and uh, Brenda Brosnan, two of my students, this, and dear, dear friends, um, they hate working out. I'm blessed because I love to work out. So if I did not, though, love to work out and was so disciplined, trust you, I would have a trainer. Hence why I started, like, I wasn't getting massages regularly, but I loved having them because I'd say, oh, I need a massage. Can I get one in an hour? Well, where are you going to get a massage in an hour, right? So that's when, when we look at all of this, everything that's important to us has to be scheduled. Does that make sense? 100%. And I think that, so what I just wrote down for myself, you guys, so I I love these classes. They're also very dangerous. And I say dangerous in the sense that we can leave feeling like go women, hear us roar, um, and men, for any men on here, like we can, we can leave feeling really good. But at the end of the day, what we really want to do is feel empowered to make some changes of the things that are holding us back from living our biggest life, right? And so that's, I want to make sure that we're getting tactics along with a lot of, you know, feel good and maybe some in touch with, uh, you know, what we are dealing with in terms of emotions. So I wrote down, have a non-negotiable self-care routine, have a non-negotiable morning care routine, and eliminate all distractions. I want you guys to write down three or four distractions right now that get you every single time. Like mine for sure is cell phone, right? That is absolutely a distraction. The other one for me is housework. Like I, I just that's that's a big one. So write down a few that you know distract you, um, that you allow for them to distract you, that you could eliminate. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep talking while everybody's doing it. So you know, Jane talks about you know being qualified to do this class. I think I think when I think about my life. Um, I look at, I got in the business 23 years ago, and I was a receptionist, and I worked for a woman that went a mile a minute, um, and she had a cell phone and a pager, and I mean, this is 1997, so quite a while ago, and she, literally, these were the old school days, and I I remember she had like two pagers, a car phone, um, and she went, she just, but she was the first powerful woman I'd ever seen. I'm from a really small town. I'd never seen somebody do what she did. And people flocked to her, realtors and clients. And, you know, it just, she seemed like she was so joyful. And she had a three-year-old son that as her personal assistant, I often had with me. So I was a receptionist and then transferred to her personal assistant. I had with me all the time. That child at three years old had memorized an entire schedule of Cartoon Network, like soup to nuts. He knew at 4 a.m. what was on. He knew at 3 p.m. in the afternoon what was on. It was insane to me. He loved us so much, my husband and I, that when she would come to get him from us at any time, if we had him over a weekend or something, he would hold on to me for dear life. Not because he didn't love her, but because she wasn't, she couldn't figure out how to be completely 
into the business submerged and also be a mother and a wife. She couldn't figure it out. And I admired her business so much that my husband said to me on the plane on our honeymoon, he said, I know how much you admire Renee. You know you can't become her. I will not stay married to you. He was very clear. Like, I will not stay married to you. And at the time, I wanted kids in five years. And turns out I got pregnant on my honeymoon, so that plan went out the window. And I ended up with five kids later on. So I had, I had triplets. I have uh, an older single that was my honeymoon baby. And then we have John's nephew that we had the blessing to adopt when he was 14. And so we've raised basically five kids. Um, and and I run a branch like Jane does. I've got 79 employees. Um I'm a core coach, all of those things. I think for me, what I've become so passionate about is that when we don't, you know, Jane talks about being direct and firm and all those things. What I realized is that every struggle that I was having with being a mom, with being a wife and working were all things I could fix. They were all things that ultimately I was in control of. I was the one making the bad choices in terms of staying at the office till 8 o'clock at night. I was the one who was making the bad choices in terms of, you know, making the excuse that my phone was ringing a couple more times and I, you know, it was money. And, and I was the one who gave myself the, the, the excuse that if I answered my phone, it meant that my family could go to Disneyland. It meant that I was giving them something. I, I literally treated it like I had to do it. it. And that was my way of showing love to the family, right? Like, oh, gosh, you can make this money. And so I had every excuse in the book as to why the business could become the most important thing because because I was doing it for someone else. Anybody making that excuse right now? Like, because I'm doing it for you, right? Like, I'm giving you this wonderful life. Look at this. Look at this house, husband. Look at this truck I can get you. Look at the kids and we can go to Hawaii. Like, I literally had given myself permission, yet I was feeling so empty in so many ways. And my kids and my husband were frustrated with me. My daughter was so frustrated with me at one point. She literally would schedule a backup to all events for rides for fear that her mom would not show up. That's the truth. For fear I wouldn't show up. So I'd get a text from another mom and say, hey, Allie said she needed a ride today. No, she doesn't. I'm her ride. But she was so worried she'd schedule a backup. That's that's no joke. And so if what I realized is that I didn't need to be the one to give her a ride if that didn't work in my schedule that day, you guys. I didn't need to. But I had to quit trying to be something to everybody. And whoever I was in that moment, eight hours a day, I'm a lender. Period. End of story. I'm a lender. Yes, I'm always a mom and a wife, but I'm a lender. At home, I'm a wife and I'm a mom. Period. End of story. Like, there is a cutoff point and you have to be all in. And that is a super hard line to draw, but the sooner you draw it, the more fulfilled you will feel. What's a pain story for you, Jane, around that? Well, ladies, did you hear <clears throat> what Robin said? I mean, triplets. The girl has triplets and adopt. I can't remember, was it your nephew you adopted? Mm-hmm. I mean, five kids. Like, can you imagine? And this is now. Like they're all still living there, correct? Or is one out? No, they're they're actually. We just we we're just, just transitioning. So yeah, we we literally have a we have a twenty eight year old, almost twenty nine year old, a twenty year old, almost twenty one, and then three eighteen year olds. So um, yeah, God knew I could not teach during COVID and work, so He just graduated my kids out. He was like, I'm going to give you a favor on this one. So we're twenty twenty COVID out. <laughs> So, so what Robin said, her wake up, her husband saying that to her, and I think 
for me, um, like I mentioned, my youngest was only five when I got in the business. And I mean, I was so bad. Like I literally, my water broke and I, I kept working like with my, I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure some of you can relate to like, it's, it's that competitive, um, that, that it's that competitiveness that we have, you know, it's not really about the money, but it's that this client needs me, that client needs me. Right. And for me, what I realized I do, it is absolutely quality over quantity. So when I started figuring out when they were younger, like 25 years ago, I delegated, I got the kid next door who was 12 to do laundry because that isn't something that was taking away from my time with my children, right? So those things that you can delegate, what I never, ever, ever did delegate though was taking my children to school until they turned 16 and got a car. That was my time. And I was not on the phone when I took them to school because I got to tell you, the, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this, I, I could go on and on with horror stories of, like, I used to sneak in the bathroom when I would be out to dinner with my family, even with other with other couples, with my kids, and take a loan out. Like in the bathroom, because I didn't want them to know that, that, like, this, this call's coming in and this gotta be me, right? So I'm so not proud of all those things. But what I realized is, is through delegation and then realizing that, you know what? I was at all their ball games, but I didn't need to be at every single practice. And, and, and I had these guilt feelings, uh, like for a long time. It took me a long time to get rid of them where, because I, I felt like I wasn't, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but it's horrible. Like, I would go to, like, the the parties and the things at school, and I felt so out of place. Like, I just didn't fit in. I was there because I, I, I was the mom, and I needed to be there until I accept, accepted the fact that God put me on this earth to work. And so knowing that, so, so, so they knew that I, you said you're, you, you finally got to the point where your kids know you pick them up. My kids knew I would be at every game. I was not going to miss a game. So, and then other little things, like I still, when I say it's, and this is with spouse, with your employees, everybody, we feel like we want to give, we have to give all of our time to everybody. And the reality is, that's why right now, um, I'm not working a gazillion hours, because everybody knows that the time I am with them, I am, I think Rita said it yesterday, or Kendra, excuse me, I am present I don't know about you guys, but I, a wake up call for me, I had this conversation with one of my sons, and I mean, I was looking him in the eye, if anybody's ever done this with your spouse, with your kids, with your employees, I was the worst. I could look at you, pretend like I was listening to what you were saying, but my mind was thinking about the next thing that I needed to be doing, because all these plates are spinning, right? So that is, if I can tell you one thing, I am present. If I'm those of you that know me well, when I'm with you now, I am present. So figuring out when to be present, Robin. You know, I think it's figuring out when to be present. And this is a really good, like, I want everybody to hear this. Don't do things that you will feel guilty about. Don't do things that you will feel guilty about. And here's what I mean by that. And this is, this was an, this was my transition in my own mind and my own heart of owning what I was going to do. 
the, the problem was not that I work. The problem was not that I even worked over 40 hours a week. The problem was that I had no boundaries that really showed what my priorities truly were. And the problem was I did things daily that I actually felt guilty about. So, you, you know, we do things as it's kind of like if you're, you know, you're not supposed to eat five pieces of pizza, but you choose to eat the five pieces of pizza. And then later you don't feel good. And you think, why do we do that? Hunter, who's on this call, probably one of the biggest mindset game changers for me ever was being coached by him twice and him constantly saying, does that make you feel good, right? Are you doing the things that really put you in the best spot? And so what I realized is there are nights when I have to work and going home would make me feel bad. Guess what? I stayed at work and I worked. And I still do to this day if I need to. There are times when I absolutely have to leave to make it to a kid's soccer game or do those things. You know, I'm, I'm just now out of that, but I never missed a game either. Like, and, and regardless of work, I had to leave. Which one would make me feel worse? Staying at work or missing the game? Who do I want to apologize to later? Who do I want to say, I'm sorry I didn't call you back and be okay with the answer? Or by the way, I'm sorry I missed the winning shot that you took and the, and the goal that you made and you're my kid, right? Like, so you have to decide who you're going to say sorry to the most. And I promise you, your family will give you a lot of grace and you are absolutely allowed to have moments of needing to apologize to them. But if I gave my choice of who I want to say I'm sorry to, I'll tell you what, I'd rather say sorry to my clients all day long than look at one of my children that I have 18 years with, you know, to to really do it. Or look at my husband who, you know, loves me and I already give eight hours a day to this. And so that gave me more balance because what it really did was once I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't work 12-hour days. I couldn't become a slave to the business and actually find joy. What I did instead was just start setting incredible boundaries. And that's about being direct, right? And and not self-deprecating, not feeling guilty, right? I just, I learned the word I'm sorry, which I got to tell you guys, it's magical. It goes a really <laughs> long way. Like people are actually very gracious and very nice. And when you just have to say I'm sorry and you say it quickly and then move on, hey, you get it taken care of. So if I show up late to the house, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Phone down, I'm all in, right? I'm all in. When I show up to work, and I have to leave for something, whether it's apologizing to my team or I'm out for core right now. My team doesn't get me for two and a half days. They do not get me at all. I have two brand new employees. I literally emailed them and said, I want to apologize in advance because I'm feeling bad. So what fixes that? Just a quick action of, hey, I'm sorry about that, right? I'm going to pour into you next week. By the way, schedule the time to pour into them next week because it, you – if, if it's making you feel bad and you keep carrying it around, pretty soon that guilt is overwhelming and you feel like you're drowning in it instead of dealing with it. And you've got to hit it head on by setting really good boundaries and then choosing every single day. Hey, if I said I was going to be home at 530, how many of you guys are guilty? I'm going to be home at 530 and you walk in the door at 715. And then you think, why are you mad at me, husband? Like, why? And, and by the way, now I get to go hang out with the kids and I'm too tired to have sex with you later. Like, super fun. Like, these are, those are things that we all make the mistake of doing. And I think that it's so incredibly important to say, if I'm going to set a time, my husband says, what time do you, are you going to be home? In order to please him, I used to give him a very specific time. You know what now I say? If it's a crazy day, I don't know. 
I don't know yet, but I'll text you late in the day. Because what I didn't said was decide that I had to honor my word. So if I give somebody something, I have to actually come through with it. If I'm, if I'm not giving them, right, the information, I'll tell John, I don't know. And he'll go, okay, I'll, I'll text you later on. And then I just have to text him later on. That's way easier than saying I'll be home at five and walking in at eight with your tail between your legs. Like 10 times easier, I promise. It's way easier. But if they know what to expect, they're actually okay. I mean, family, everybody is okay. If they know what to expect and then you are impeccable to your word. Four agreements, right? Impeccable to your word. And that allows you to be direct. It allows you to feel better about your actions. Go ahead, Janie. Oh, no. So, no, what you just said, I think two things, keys there. Um, uh, and it's really clear communication. Um, and with your children, as long as, and mine are grown now, I still to this day, I used to, when they were younger, I would have a date night once, I say date night, but they're both boys, but whatever, we would go out to dinner, whatever we did, I, I tell somebody saying, feeling guilty about cooking, like, like I cook, my youngest is, loves to, he's a, he loves to cook, so we would cook dinner together, but it doesn't have to be five nights a week, if he knew that on Tuesday nights, that was our cooking night, so it's just, Small cap promises, clear expectations. They don't need you 24-7. Nope. Nope. Um, and how far does 15 minutes go, Jane? Like, oh, my God. We talked about this earlier. How far does 15 present minutes with your children actually go? It's amazing. And even with your team, I, 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 jump into that. Like, I, I implemented that. I can't even remember who my coach was, but I implemented that several years ago. That, it's again, it's 15 minutes um, it sounds like nothing, but a month, they knew they're expecting that time. They can talk to me about anything. It's not my agenda. It's their agenda. And being on time, right? So I don't know about you guys, but I was, like you said, I mean, I used to be the, the worst on the planet. I was so disrespectful to my team. I would, I would be late for my meetings. I mean, I stopped that a while back because it says you're not important to me, whether it's your team, your children, your, your, your husband, um, and I, I think if we, if we talk about, um, if we talk about spouses, right, in, in, in marriage, um, I'm sure there's some of you on here that aren't married, but to me, marriage, having a strong marriage, which I won't, I wouldn't be married if it's not, if I didn't have a strong marriage, I don't believe in staying in marriage um, if you're not happy, okay? But it's a lot of work, guys, like 39 years, right? And for me, and I know for Robin, too, one of the things I, I can tell you, for me, I would not be married if I did not have the Lord in my life, right? And so I, um, for years, I will tell you, for years, I always put my husband last. Because it was work, the kids, and then like Robin said, you get what's left of me, right? Um, and I, I, I think that you assume they're always going to be there, right? They're always going to be there. And ladies, I don't know. I would. I'm going to guess probably 95% of you on this call. If you're, not, if this isn't you, um, it will be. You make more money than your husband, and if you don't now, you probably will. And some of you may even end up doing what I did. We did a total role reversal, I don't know, 15 years and 12, 13 years into my career. You know, my we did a role reversal. And 
I will tell you at first, because he was in retail sales and it got to where, hey, I started making all this money. It didn't make sense. I think that's why God gave me boys. So my husband was able to coach them. But I'll tell you, one mistake that we did make, we got, we did this role reversal and then I'm making all this money, right? And we're going and then I'm getting this ego and I'm thinking like I'm all that. And then you, the whole love and respect thing. I don't know if anybody's been through that. You, you start, um, I'm losing respect for him and we spiraled and I will, honestly tell you um it was for a minute when i say a minute probably a month but we separated this this i mean i'm talking this is this is 30 years ago but i finally had to realize like if 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 we are going to stay married we have to understand what the expectations of each other and what's important to each other right um um, I mean, the Bible says that the husband is the provider, but that does not, it does not say financial. So we had to really set forth what does that mean for us in our marriage. And when we changed that and I started elevating him, everything changed. Our whole, our whole marriage changed. So Robin, I don't know if, You've experienced anything like that? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the wife thing for a minute, you guys, because I think that, I think one, you said so many good things there, Jane, like we take it for granted, um, you know, it's role reversal. And let's be honest, this is a man or a woman thing, right? At the end of the day, when you make money as an adult, one, it gives you some ego, right? When you're the breadwinner, it gives you a, a ultimately a piece of power that you feel an independence from the union that you created, right? So we're married, and yet, you know, I always tell my husband, and I always want this security, I always want you, I never need you. And I don't say that mean. I Now, the truth is, that's the same for him. He does not need me, but he wants me, and we've always kept that at the forefront of our marriage. What I will say to, like, when you guys think about this, we, we say that we're helping other people by picking up the phone one more time, by staying at the office until 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, by going home and instantly getting back on our phones or on the computer as soon as the kids are asleep or, or maybe even sooner than that, right? Like while everyone's eating dinner and it's getting cold, whatever it may be. The truth is we don't do that to help other people. And, and I had to have this own, my own wake-up call, my own self-awareness. Let me be clear, ladies, it's 100% ego. Every bit of it. It feels good to be needed. It feels good to be helpful. It feels good to save that deal. It feels good to have a realtor that you've been chasing say yes and finally call you with a lead for the first time at 7 o'clock at night or on a Saturday morning while you are on the sidelines of that kid's game. It feels good to have your team love you and praise you and give you things for Boss's Day and tell you you're the best of the best. All those things feed us. It feels good to be coached and have fellow people in our group, right? Like we're constantly growing and constantly feeding ourselves in all those areas. There's no shame in that whatsoever, but there's a dangerous place of addiction to it that makes it feel like maybe it's the most valuable thing that we do. And the truth is, it should be 
the icing on the cake of the most valuable thing that we do. And that was the foundation that we all built at the beginning, right? We chose to be wives. Maybe you haven't yet. We chose to be mothers while working. And the only thing that can really fail that is ourselves. And when we are, when we are not pouring into our marriages, when we are not making those decisions, it's a really big issue. And so John and I have had just we're very candid with one another and I don't care how much money I make. I will always allow that man to put me in check because he loves me more than anybody. And he loves me without the money. And I had to really learn with myself that I had to love myself without the money, right? Like where was I truly finding value in myself? And I think Jane spoke to faith for me. That's a foundation with Jesus Christ. Like for me, that means that when I really learn to love myself and be confident in my decision to both be a mom and a working mom and a wife, like it all came into play when I got stronger in my own faith. And then I was okay, even on the days that I have to let somebody down, you guys, even on those days, I'm okay because I know we're not meant to be perfect, right? I know the sun will come up tomorrow morning. I know we're going to be okay with all of it. But when we come home and we don't, you know, when your husband, men are very simple overall. Let's be honest. Like, it doesn't take that much. Is that a fair statement? It doesn't take that much. Like, a, a little attention, you know, they came for us. We often come for the children, right? Like, that's that's the truth. And so, I mean, not that we don't love our husbands, but our children become our world. That's the nature of Mother Bear, right? And so, all of a sudden, to have the, the men really want some undivided attention. They ultimately probably want to be intimate without always having to be the one to ask or feel like a chore for any one of us. And if we give them those things, they are pretty darn happy. Is that a fair statement for most of us? Like, we're pretty darn happy. The problem is we make it into a chore. We say things like I have to. And the win in the dark book, man, game changer, you guys. I keep saying I get to. I get to do this. I get to go home now. I get to get up and go to work. I get to crawl in bed with my husband. I get to be present. I get to put my phone down. If you say that instead of I have to, all of a sudden, it feels empowered. It feels joyful. There's a whole new twist on how you look at life when you constantly say, I get to. So if you've written that down, like, I get to. This is your life. You are in control over it. You get to be an incredible mother, an incredible wife, and an incredible mom boss, right? Those are just, you get to every single day. It's awesome. Awesome, awesome. So when you think about work, Jane, let's transition to work real quick. Um, One really quick question I wanted just someone asked, and I think just super quick, someone said, and and Robin, actually, you just just named a lot of it. How do you elevate your spouse? But what you have to do is you have to figure out what is your spouse's love language, right? For me – like, mine is acts of service. I don't need you to tell me you love me. I don't need gifts. I don't need notes. I just clean the garage if that's, if, if I want the garage clean. When I learned, it was so darn easy that to elevate my spouse, I leave him and I, and I feel this. So, and it wasn't always like this. I feel this. I leave him notes probably four out of the five days a week when I leave. I can't wait to come home and have dinner with you tonight. Um, thank you for your advice last night. Like we're, we're a partnership, right? It, he just needs to feel important, right? And I think, so what, whoever asked that, figure out what that is. Like you guys have to talk about, like there's things that, that, that Hank would do when you say this, 
it makes me feel like this, and then I'm going to treat you like crap, right? So understand each other of what that is. So I just thought that was important. Go ahead. Well, I think it's when we ask for feedback and then we take it with a defensive heart. Never. We didn't really ask for feedback. Is that fair? So when we ask our spouse, like, you know, give me some feedback. When I ask my children to give me some feedback and they give it to me and then I immediately combat it with, well, or but, or if, those kind of things, I'm not actually receiving feedback, right? So their perception is reality. That's not say beating up. Now, there's also a course of understanding. Let me give you guys a few weird tricks. Like when I used to go on road trips with my family, during work hours, I could do, if it was a two-hour road trip, I could do one hour on the phone for work and then one hour with the family. And it was agreed upon as we got in the car. Right? Super simple. Like, hey, I'm going to talk on the phone for the next hour. I'm going to be done at the hour mark. And then we're into family time. When we do that and kids understand the expectation, they can wait. Right? It's okay. You can have the best of both worlds. The problem is all of a sudden you're in the middle of talking to your kids and your phone rings and you go, oh, I'm going to answer that. Right? Like, pause, please. Nope, that wasn't in our agreement today, right? So you have to make those kind of decisions every single day about all the things that we do, whether it's in our marriages or or what it is. I think when we are elevating our spouse, everybody get their phones out for two seconds. Get your phone out. If you have a significant other, if you don't, choose a children, choose a team member. I want you to send a quick text that tells them how wonderful they are and that you love them and that you can't wait for a fabulous weekend with them. It will take you two seconds. If you read my husband and I's text chain, you'd probably vomit. <laughs> my son read mine one time, and he did vomit. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd probably vomit. The high heels, the kids, yes. all, I'm telling you. They're like, uh-huh. you're nauseating, Mom. I'm like, but Robin and I weren't always like this. Like, it, And I love what you said, Robin. It, the, it, it's it's clear expectations. I'm like, I am not, we're right now, we're, good gosh, we're crazy right now. I will let my husband know, hey, I am coming home. I'll be home by 6. However, I just want to let you know, I do have five core students I have to call back because my homework's due, right? Clear expectations. That's that's the key to all of this. Yes. You set expectations with your team. Set them with your husband and kids, right? Set them with your significant other. Set them with yourself, right? I expect this. Like, it's okay to understand. Clarity is freeing, you guys. When you're super clear and you have clarity about what the day is going to look like, the other thing is, and this is a Josh Sigmund statement that is said constantly that I'm going to say over and over again, if you are not at 100% at home when you are there, if you're not 100% at home when you're there, meaning during the family time, right, during the times that you're supposed to be present, right, if you're not 100%, you are stealing from home. If you are not 100% at work when you are at work, meaning all in, all in, right, not shopping on Amazon, not on Facebook, not mingling a whole bunch when you know you should have been making a few more prospecting calls, like if you're not all into doing exactly what you set out to do that day, you are stealing from home 
Because the only time that you will take is your home time to make all of that up, to make the, it's just too much, I can't make my prospecting calls, I haven't gotten to a theme day call all week, to make all the excuses go away, you will ultimately steal from home, and then you will feel sorry for what you're doing at home, and you will scale back and ceiling yourself, you will cap yourself, because you'll say, I didn't want to miss the years with my kids, I didn't want to miss the time. And what that really saying is, I don't believe I can do it. What that's really saying is, I don't believe I'm capable of closing 25 units a month or 15 units a month every single month, having great marriage, having great kids and great relationship with all of those things, and and love my life. Like, I don't think it's possible. Therefore, I'm going to say as an excuse, be very careful with this. It's very dangerous, especially in the woman world. Well, I didn't want to miss things, so I didn't do it. And every time my challenge back to any student is, so you're telling me if I could give you 40 units a month right now, an impeccable team, 40 hours a week work week, a wonderful marriage, you wouldn't miss out on any of the kids' activities and really enjoy your time at home, and you would be in great shape, you would tell me no thank you because that 40 units feels like I don't really want it. You're lying. You do want it. You just haven't figured out how to get there. So you make a bunch of excuses and we play smaller and and then we're frustrated that we're having to play small. And I think one of the biggest things is there, there doesn't need to be excuses. I don't bake. I'm not a baker. I've never been. I don't know how I couldn't craft to save my life. Like my kids, when homecoming happened in high school, I was like, holy mother of God, I do not know how to make a homecoming sign for anything. But let me tell you, I can pay somebody 40 bucks to buy a sign in two seconds that will blow everybody else out of the water and I will write that check. And it does not mean I love my children any less. It does not mean I have to apologize or feel bad because there are a lot of mamas, there are a lot of mamas who wish that they had a different skill set as well, right? It's like craving straight hair when you have curly hair, craving curly hair when you have straight hair. For God's sakes, people, our job is to love ourselves enough that we decide that we can be anything that we want to be. And if you want to empower and teach your children what that's all about, then you got to show up and do it. you got to be that person. And that's boundaries. It's non-negotiables. It's deciding every single day what your day looks like. And it's pouring into the things that are truly your priorities when you have the time allotted to do it, right? Like when you're on family time, you're on family time. When you're on work time, gosh darn it, be on work time. Be a beast at work and then walk your butt out the door so you can go give to the rest of it. Super important. Should we open it up for questions, Janie? Yeah, one last thing really quick. We'll open it up. I think... One of the things that has really helped me, and oh my God, it's just, it's a constant work in progress, but you mentioned, um, I will always say I'm sorry because my, my tendency is I just have really high expectations of everyone and my controlling my mouth. Um, it's something that I work on, right? I mean, I, I mean, I see Anna look laughing, but it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you an idiot? I mean, that's what my head's saying, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's just because of how I'm wired, you know? And so you said about the lady that was like, that was me, a hundred miles an hour. And so I have to really work on that and work on myself. So I really, um, Seek first to understand before I open my mouth in any situation, employee, kids. And if you think, those of you 
think your young kids are tough. When, when your children are adults and you have some challenges in their lives, those, those have been a couple of, uh, of the toughest things that I've had to deal with when in it, in, in, in their adult life. And so seeking to understand the other person. And then I, I will, with my team, if I, if I do bark, um, because I will tell you, Robin said, I mean, both of us, like, we just had Bosses Day, and you have to earn that trust and that respect, right? And how do you do that? They know I will say I'm sorry, and I just think that is something that I'm constantly working on me, and that, and the book Robin mentioned, for those of you that haven't read it, um, When in the Dark, it's that voice. Like, I've been studying this there's for a few years. Like, that voice, it's always there. Whether it's, for me, Satan, get off my shoulder. Whether it's saying, you can't do this. It's, it's it, i got to work on clearing my head. So yes. yes, not listening to that little voice that goes, oh. And that voice is a coddler, and it's also the one that will derail you. So make sure you're ignoring it. There's a couple questions here. So, Katie, you're talking about setting boundaries with realtors. Here's what I would tell you people are actually really okay with crystal clear. And so what we think is everybody needs something now. And, and the, the scarcity mindset is like fear-based. I'm going to answer the phone. I got to take this. I got to do this. And so I often, one of my biggest tactics there is to put it back in their court, meaning like someone will text me and say, hey, do you have a minute? And I'll say, actually just sitting down with the family to dinner and then I've got some, you know, family time scheduled for the rest of the night. I can call you at 930 if you want me to, or it's tomorrow morning over. Okay, both work for me. Now, when I say 930, I mean it. I'll call if they said yes. And I also mean that the morning works for me, right? Like, I'm really clear that, so one of the tactics here, you guys, give two choices to everything in life so you're in control and make both choices work for you. This is such an easy tactic, right? Like, both choices should work. Hey, you know, kids, do you want to go to bed now or in 15 minutes? I love that one. They chose 15 minutes every single time, and both were really good for me. I was not <laughs> mad at the now, and I wasn't mad in 15 minutes. So when you are giving people things, when a realtor says, I need a pre-approval letter, hey, I can get you one by noon, or is 4 o'clock okay? When people feel like they have chosen something with a spouse, right, all of those things. My husband and I will have a conversation. Like, he'll say our, our code word is date night, um, and date night really means, you know, you know what it means. So, you know, he'll he'll say, you know, sometimes I'll text him and say date night and he'll say date night or whatever. So I'll text him right at the beginning of the week and say date night Wednesday or Thursday. I know it sounds crazy, but it's just like and we're in. Right. Like it's it's on the docket. That's OK all the time. Right. Like choose two things for everything. I make my team do it right when they're offering client appointments, when they're doing things, always choose two things. And that will be helpful. The one thing we didn't talk about that I just want to go real quick and then we'll go into this next question. Delegation. The reason Jane and I get so much done, and I talked to her this morning, and she was telling me she has an assistant that follows her around and writes everything, and that's my next step. I don't have one yet. I have a personal assistant, but I don't have her write everything. But let me tell you, my assistant controls my life. I'm guessing Jane's controls hers. I haven't scheduled a hair appointment for myself in three years. I don't schedule dentist appointments for my family. I don't schedule the Botox. I don't, like, when when I've given over control of my life to somebody, it's the whole thing, you guys. It's everything. Every day I make a to-do list, and I figure out my to-do list is my delegation list, right? I immediately start delegating out as much as I possibly can so I can do the best activities that day that will serve my team 
and my family, i.e. my income, at the highest level and then go home and be able to serve them. So, Jane, you're doing the same thing, right? Delegate, delegate, delegate. And and I mean, I am constantly trying to figure out what else I can delegate. But I'll be careful. I've delegated things I shouldn't have. Like when I first got in the car, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to delegate this. Nope. You got to figure out like I did with my children and with my husband. What's important? What, what take? What do I need to do that, that is impactful with that person? So that, that's just key. And, and, and getting, um, those of you when you can afford it, uh, finding that right person. And it's really challenging too. That's so intuitive. That is literally read your mind. Like what Robin said about um, her assistant schedules everything. I mean, my assistant will listen to me. I was just making a comment to my son that my husband mentioned binoculars. The next thing I knew, and I said, hey, his birthday's coming up. A week later, there was the best set of binoculars on my desk. Here's your gift. Like, like that is something, that's what you want to figure out, guys. What can you delegate? And when we're in our own way, we go, oh, I wanted to personally go out and shop along on a Saturday to find the perfect gift because that means I love them more. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. It means you love them more if you want to go spend the whole day holding hands on the beach, having great conversation, and actually being engaged with them. But it doesn't matter who buys and wraps the Christmas gifts, you guys. So let yourself off the hook and hire it out. I haven't wrapped a Christmas gift because it doesn't bring me joy, and I'm the world's worst gift wrapper in, like, five years. I literally do not wrap Christmas gifts. I know it sounds funny, but decide, and I would challenge you at the end of this, to make a list, two columns, what do I enjoy and what do I not, and be okay with delegating or hiring out everything you do not enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, get rid of it. What you love, pour more into it. That's the secret. That's the joy, right? That's how you feel empowered and start to grow. So really big difference there. Jane, how do you get better about being late? What's a tactic around it? Um, That was one of the questions how do you handle that? So um, I literally um, imposed huge fines. Like when I first started this with uh, my team and then with my loan officer meetings, everything's scheduled. Um, literally, like huge fines, $100 if I'm a minute late, right? Um, just huge, huge fines. But then also, to be honest with you, again, I feel like everything, like I can control my mind and what I think about something. I now, if I'm... A minute late, I feel like I'm disrespecting you, Robin. And that's just whether, no matter who it is in my life, I feel, and so if I am, I am so friggin' far from perfect. If I'm gonna be late now, I will text and say, hey, I'm running two minutes late for this phone call. Just clear, clear, clear expectations. Oops, Robin, you're muted. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't get it there. So couple, couple other tactics. Always set a time frame of how long you're going to talk. Rick and Todd are the masters of this, right? When I go, when somebody comes into me and says, do you have a minute? I will look at the clock and go, I've got two. And then it really is two, right? Oh, we're going to have to finish this later. I got to stay on track, right? Um, if somebody calls or if, if my husband, you busy? If the answer is yes, it's okay to be yes, right? Yes, I'm busy. If it's not, hey, we're going to talk. I talk on the phone from the toilet all the time. I know I say it out loud. Like, I literally feel like I'm carrying my phone with me. But the truth is, if I set time frames, if a realtor calls me and says, you know, I'll answer and say, hey, I was just about to head into a client appointment, but I had two minutes. 
it, the urgency is there, right? Hey, that realtor's a talker. I'm going to set a precedence right up front that, that, you know, when I get on the phone with a loan app, I always say, Hey, we've got 25 minutes to cover everything. My loan apps used to take me an hour and a half, you guys, that I now can master them in a half hour or less. No joke. Like it's, not that hard if you set the precedence and then you have them prepared correctly. So super important there. And Robin, if you can, ladies, anybody and to gents, like I literally, because my general tendency is I will let, I will let you ramble on for two hours if you, if you want to ramble. I don't, that's my heart. So I, they will, they will enter like pre-COVID. If I was with a client, my assistant will come in and go, Jane, to the door. You've got, I just want to let you know. So the client is sitting there. You've got your Zoom call, your phone call in five minutes. So, oh, oh, cause I know myself. I just can't do it. Right. Um, and we even set like, we'll set a timer on the 15 minutes when I do those with my staff. We'll set a timer. So anything that you can do that, that, that helps you get there. And Robin, you, the clear expectations. I do that now probably even when I don't need to do it, but with, with agents sometimes, right? Cause we got to make these 40 freaking phone calls, right? And you get on with like, like you, like I got one that I will not call unless I'm driving somewhere. And, and I, cause even if I say I've got five minutes, I know it's going to be 30 minutes. So you schedule those calls, right? So clear, when Robin said clear expectations of this is how much time I have. Yep. Exactly. Brandy, you said on here, uh, thankful, um, children are older. Yes. So, so I got, I mean, obviously I got in this when my kids were younger. And so one of the things that, um, like, the things that I had to do was be okay with what I wanted to delegate. So I stopped going to the dentist with my children. Um, some, my assistant takes them. My assistant would take my dogs to the vet. Like, there are things that now I don't miss a well check or a doctor's appointment because those are things that are my priority. Like, I want to be there. But when they're getting their teeth looked at, I'm super okay. If they have a cavity, we'll get it paid for, right? Like, somebody else can drive them and take them back into the room. I'm not saying that's your life, you guys. I'm saying be okay with what the design is and make some boundaries around it, right? Like, do that. And then engage your spouse. Like, John was really, I made the assumption I had to do everything for years, right? Like, I made the assumption that I had to be the one to take them to all appointments, do this, do this, and want to work and do all these things. But really, those were, those were my own thoughts. Those were my own feelings. The truth was, if I said to John, hey, I need you to do this, generally, John says, okay. Now, maybe that's not where you and your spouse are at. I would challenge you. You need better communication at that point, right? You need a a mutual respect for one another. But it's really okay to just set the boundaries and hire things out so that you get the time that you actually want. What kills me is that moms will drive all around so that the image of what we're doing looks good. Oh, I did all of these things. I I, I used to volunteer in classrooms because I really felt like that was an important piece for me. And so I'd get in there, and I'd realize my kids ignored me, but other kids paid attention to me while I was there and my kids felt special for about 30 seconds and then you end up chit-chatting with the teacher for a while and I realized like 
It wasn't my highest and best use of time with my children. So I quit volunteering in the classroom, but ultimately I quit worrying about what other mothers potentially thought of me or what my own head was telling me they thought of me. So don't worry about the rest of the world and how they feel. Do what's right for your children, your marriage, your faith, your husband, right? Like your family. And you don't, if, if those are your top priorities, make sure you guys are okay, regardless of what that looks like, right? Like, regardless of what that looks like. And people will try to say things that will make you feel like you need to, you know, oh, you know, one of my girlfriends was like, I can't believe, I mean, you have a housekeeper. Oh, of course you can host all the time. Your assistant sets everything up. Yes, and I have no shame in that, right? I, I'm i not going to apologize for it, but we allow ourselves emotionally to feel weak with that and like we're, you know, we're all of a sudden not worthy or not not as valuable because we weren't the one that busted our tail all day cooking, we cleaned, and we found joy in it. Uh-uh. Like the power of what we do is money. It's a tool, and if we use it the right way, we actually get to live a bigger, fuller life. Super important, you guys. Super important. Hear what Robin just said, Key. Don't worry about what the rest of the world thinks. Guys, I literally changed my entire life when I stopped caring about what people think about me. The people that, that, that love me and know me, I care about them, but I don't care what other people think about me. It's, I always now, I don't think about myself. I put the, I think about other people. And if you can do that, your guilt will be gone. Yes. Well, there's a few more questions, and I know we're headed into lunch, I believe, so I think we can stay on for a minute and get sure. through them. There is a survey, you guys, so we'd love, obviously, fives. We would love it. It should be popping up on your screen, and hopefully you can rock and roll on voting there. Um, there's, a, there's a question on here, personal assistant salary. Um, where does that land for you, Jane? Um, I'll be totally honest. Um, what, what am I paying you, girl? I just, my executive assistant that I just hired, her base, I hired her at 48000 Okay. I, she's the highest paid I've ever hired, and she's worth more than that, and she'll make a lot more soon. <laughs> That's how awesome. valuable awesome. she is. Okay, good. So not personal assistant. Uh, I mean, excuse me, my personal assistant, like, I have a gal who's not married um, yet. She's engaged, um, and she makes 17 an hour um, and, and literally runs all sorts of my life for me. So it's, I mean, I, I, I think it just totally depends. She doesn't do as much of the loan stuff. She does all personal stuff, basically, for me. Um, so that's that's a good one. Um, let's see what else we've got on here. Danelle, personal assistant salary. Okay, feeling guilty. So the realtor, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Feeling guilty yeah. about losing a client or them losing a house if you're not out till all hours of the night showing property, um, if that's when clients can see it. What, what's your advice on that, Jane? So for a realtor, um, I'll be honest with you. I feel like you just have to set your boundaries. Uh, I work with a lot of, of, of successful agents, and if I don't want to work with a realtor that's going to call me at Sunday at 8 o'clock, and as an, if I were a real estate agent, I don't want to work with a borrower that, that isn't going to, is not going to work around my schedule. I, I just think you need to, to, um, to set your boundaries, like Robin said, and figure out who you want to work with. 
Yeah, I think that I think giving people two choices and both working for you is what comes into my mind in that circumstance. And so if a house is open, yes, you might have to show property that week. The other thing is, is if you're making a bunch of money and you've had this hot Seattle market and things are flowing, the truth is you could hire a showing agent. And that's part of this, right? We we, we tend to want to take all the control and think it can't be done without us. I'm here to tell you the only reason Jane and I make the income that we make, the only reason we're million-dollar earners and savers and all those things is because we are able to delegate and we don't we're no longer fearful I would say this for both of us of if a mistake is made or if it doesn't work out like we're empowering our teams to do a lot of work on our behalf while we're still present in the leadership and and yes still taking care of clients and those things but the things that you can allow for somebody else to do if you didn't want to show that house and you felt guilty with your husband you could even refer it to an agent and only get a 25% commission if that's not something you're willing to do then be okay with letting your husband down but you just got to make the choice right? I love your take she should give what you said Robin give the two choices right you just give the here's the I love that Robin here's the two choices I have a weekend warrior um, and it's not sometimes I'm on sometimes I'm off but I'll have an agent say hey I want you to take this I said well I'm not working today. I'm with my mother. And you can either, Stephen's on call, or you can wait until Monday morning, and I'll call. And I'm not afraid to lose that client. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you wheel of life with school-age kids? That's a question. I, I don't, I, you mean young ones? Young uh-huh. kids? Ooh. <laughs> I I don't know how young, but I I don't see any different than how how we do it. Explaining to them, obviously, maybe well, no. Why would you take the financial out, right? You got to teach them, like I did with my kids. We had family meetings. You want to teach them um, how to save. I just I don't know that you would do it any differently, right? Yep, yep. It's I think wheel of life in general. Just simplify it, right? Hey, we're going to talk about school. Yeah. You know, love life. You know, is really Great obviously not in existence. But hey, break it down a little bit. Make it into friends, school, maybe love of you know self, whatever it may be. But I. My kids love right. goal settings. In fact, sometimes when they were little, they would come to the table and I'd come in with maybe paper in my hand and they'd go, oh, mom's got another exercise for us to do. And then, but then I'll tell you what, they are insightful. At 10 years old, they're insightful. At eight years old, they are insightful. And and they, you know, my kids at 18 years old are, I mean, all, all of them, but my triplets at 18, I mean, they are articulate and smart and they already have credit scores and they've really learned from what this career has given me. It's poured down into them what my husband's hard work ethic and his career has given to them. And it's been a lot of fun watching them grow through it. We do a budget class once a month with our kids now that they're young adults. So once a month on Sunday night, I cook dinner and everybody does a personal family budget. And we literally review bank statements and look at spending habits and how much they could save and all of those things. Because I wish that my parents would have taught me about money at a young age and it wasn't such a taboo subject. I wish that I would have had the education around it, not the emotion around it. And so I think it's really, really smart to pour into your kids. And I promise you guys, your kids will be very proud of you. The teacher that I quit volunteering for, but I just started writing a check into the classroom. Literally, I went to parent-teacher conferences and was apologizing all over myself about not being the volunteer mom. And he goes, don't you ever, he goes, don't, don't apologize. He goes, your children are so proud of you. They speak so highly of you on a daily basis in this classroom. Like, he, I mean, he was very complimentary, and I just took a big, deep breath and thought, it, most of these issues are just thoughts in our head, you guys, that we've got to get out and decide that we're going to really love ourselves for all the choices that we're making. 
So super, super. What, you, what Robin just said, guys, if any of you are feeling like your children, you know, that just that they're not like I used to have fam- we used to have the family meetings. And I'll be honest with you, they didn't like it. Fast forward, you will later on in life. Just keep plugging away and keep doing these things with your kids because they will be so proud of you. Like, I mean, I honestly, I really felt like I sucked as that. My, I was young when I had my first one and I really did not feel like I was a good parent. And to hear, and I, and I always tell the other one, because they're eight years apart, like, you go, well, why could Kellen do this? And I can't because I'm a better parent now and this is the way it is, right? But um, we are all so hard on ourselves, right? So I know later on in life, like, un, he, my oldest one, he feels like I was a great parent. And he is, like Robin said, proud of who I am. This is who I am. So I, I wish this class was longer, too, whoever did. <laughs> There's so much we can share. Like, There's so much. There's so much. There's so, any other final questions? Anybody want to unmute? Any other final questions? Go ahead, Janelle. Hey, personality for the personal assistant who does everything. Like age, personality type, who do you hire to be that awesome personal assistant to follow you around and do everything without question? So um, this one, how old are you? I'm 25. 25 years old. And when I tell you, Danelle, I, this is one thing I've been, we've all been hearing all, all yesterday and today, I've been hiring young super sharp people that are that right now you can find them. I put them through the ringer um, with with interviews. I mean it's unbelievable. Not only disc testing I have which I can share, I do I do another analysis. And here's the thing. Her heart, um, <laughs> this is what she loves to do. She's absolutely gorgeous. She was making a hundred thousand dollars a year at Tesla um, and the reason she wanted to leave there was culture, right? And Danelle, I know you and I know you well, and you have one of the most amazing cultures in the core. And, and, and I'm proud of the culture that, that, that we have built here. And, and so it, that, that you have to have a person that doesn't want to be you, right? For this position. I, I just like digging with the questions and understanding that that's, that's, that's what she loves to do is to serve. It's um, and and unlike before, Danelle, I used to. I mean, I swear to you, I would just, I would just love everybody when I'd interview them. I'd hire anybody. I mean, it was ridiculous. And my last eight hires, I mean, let me tell you, they they have been grueling, and they've been the best that I've ever that I've ever had, Danelle. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. I mean, Danelle, I, I could put you on the phone with my assistant anytime. Um, I've had a variety of, yeah, I've had a variety of uh, of personal assistants. And what I would say is that I, I have the best one for me right now. Like she's the best that I've ever had. It's also because I've grown as a leader. And I think that Jane would say that as well, right? Ooh. I'm clear in my delegation. I'm, oh. you know, I, I have an expectation up front. I, we, we drive right away. I give her, you know, what the, what 
what the needs are. And, and it takes a while, especially for them to really take care of you. It takes a while, and it takes a lot of communication and openness. If you want to hire an assistant but not be transparent and kind of all out there, it's really hard for them to become an extension of you. And so if you are somewhat of an introvert or pretty closed off, it, it's not it, – to me, it doesn't work, you guys. If you want somebody to really take care of you, you've got to give them all of you, and then they will they will love you. There's a lot of fear around that, like, oh, you know, it'd be weird to ask them to, you know, book this for me, or it'd be weird if they saw my pay log, or, no, nope. she sees everything with me, she knows everything, she knows how to log into my bank accounts, you'd be like, what if, what if, I don't live in a world of what if or fears, I refuse to do it, um, and so it, instead I'm just going to trust and put my whole self into it, and then she in turn loves taking care of me, so it's, you know, it's a twofer, so. That is just bar none, you guys, such a good hire is to truly have a personal assistant, personal assistant. Let them take care of your life. My car is clean every single Friday. Gas is in it. Like, I never get in the car without it being washed on Friday without gas. Like, there's just a routine. And it is things that ultimately, and she loves it. She gets to do a million and one things in and out of the office. Like, it's fantastic. It works really well for her. Design what it looks like for you, right? I guarantee you, Jane, I have some differences in how we do it. Find somebody and decide what it really works for you and then use them to their highest, right? Like, highest and best use for sure. Uh, list of what they take care of. Yeah, Tara, we can give you a list. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Any other questions, you guys? Yes, no? We could have Nikki Salter take this class. She's a mom boss. She's she's probably at home with a baby right now nursing while she's got her little guy. She's... Yeah, so the pumping. She... she I'll tell you what all going on. Just yeah, like, yeah. woman expires with no excuses. She's yeah. You can do them young and old, guys. I love it. Cool. Well, hey, you're saying I'm old? What? <laughs> you saying I'm old? No. <laughs> you're old. Come on. You're a baby. You're a baby. You are a baby. You are a baby. <laughs> we love, love you, it. Nikki Salter. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye, you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to the CORE's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.thecoretraining.com.